Hello, 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 and welcome to Screw the Influencers, episode seven, the day my mum told me that she was sick. If you want to be happy, it's going to have to be a lifestyle switch. And if you want to be happy, you're going to have to do the work indeed. Quick fixes become better diets to take back your time and live your life for you. Because if you want to be happy, it's going to have to be a lifestyle switch. I will sort of skip the life update for this episode because there's a little cluster of episodes that are all coming out quite close together um and basically I've recorded this after I recorded the previous one so (laughs) if you haven't listened to episode six just go back to that one it's the same life update um apart from I've had my lunch now there you go that's probably about it (laughs) that was that's that's all that's changed since the last episode this one I've had my lunch um and I've opened my my office door there you go (laughs) exciting stuff exciting stuff this is quite a pinnacle day, the the day my mum told me she was sick. I still remember it so, so clearly. My sister and I were snuggled up in bed with her. Um, I was up there, because I lived in Cornwall at the time, so it was up to my mum's. I was up um, and my sister was there because uh, we'd had my niece's christening. I'm so panicked that I'm remembering this wrong, but this is how I remember it. So we always say there's three sides to every story, yours, mine, and the truth. So this is my truth. <laughs> this is what I remember. But we were in Boba Mum and, and she told us that the the test, she'd had tests like in the in October previously. And I had been so convinced that it was cancer. And I was, and everyone was like, no, just wait and see her. And then it all sort of calmed down. She went off and did Cycle India. Um, and then it was sort of sort of ticking over. She obviously wasn't very well, but but we didn't really know what it was. Um, it turned out she did. <laughs> she was just not telling us. Um, and so we were in bed, my sister and I were in bed with her when she told us. She told her partner already because he'd been helping her through all the journey of the tests and everything, what have you. Um, and we found out she had a rare regressive T-cell lymphoma took me so long to be able to remember that and say that rare aggressive t-cell lymphoma and i didn't realize at the time that's part of the leukemia family which i think is a scarier word i didn't really know what lymphoma was so had i known then that it was part of the leukemia family probably been a bit more scary but also i find with big i I'm good in a crisis. I'm not great in <laughs> day-to-day life, which is why I have like the routines and structures and support system that I do. But in a crisis, I'm the person you want on your team in a crisis. I'm the person building the raft um, and finding the flare gun um, and strapping up the broken ankle. Like I'm I'm there. I'm great in a crisis. Um, I'd quite like to not be in a crisis, <laughs> ideally. But I'm, I'm pretty good at that. I'm like, right, what do we need to do? How do we need to do this? Like we were... I think they announced lock, the first lockdown and within a day and a half, we were prepped and ready to go. Like, we were on it. Like, pff, sorted. We could face whatever was going to happen. Um, and uh, I tend to go with big news like my mum said she was like, I sort of go into that mode. So it was more like, well, what do we do? What do we need to do? What's the next steps? Like, kind of thing. And I'll be emotional later. But if there's still stuff to do, I'm less emotional. So... If say someone has passed away and there's not really that much to do, particularly if you're not like directly involved in the funeral plans or anything like that, 
I will go into crisis mode and be cool and calm straight away, but I will, it might be like an hour later, I will then have a meltdown. Um, whereas with Mummy, it was, it was ongoing until she went into remission. Um, she went into remission, then she came out and passed away um, within the space of a couple of years. And until she went into remission, it was just crisis mode. We'd also just bought, um, my, my ex-husband and I at the time, um, had just sold up uh, our home that we ran as bed and well, I said we ran I ran as bed and breakfast and and bought a bigger like real fixer upper project and I had a very short turnaround window I was working crazy crazy hours to get it all done from like I was going to bed at like two in the morning and getting up at five and just like cracking on and I feel like I did this for like a month it was insane um so I was kind of in crisis mode for that already and then I went into crisis mode for this but somewhere in my head in between all this crisis this like switch completely flicked and I started wanting to be happy which sounds really nuts when you say it out loud because why had I not been wanting to be happy before then but what I mean is I'd started looking deeper and one of the big things for me was that I, I'd always struggled with my weight. I'd struggled with disordered eating um, and I'd had real body confidence issues from a very young age. And we've talked about that in previous episodes about the fat side of things, but there's just so many other elements to that. It wasn't just about weight, but I'd always this trying to be skinny. Like I'd been on like diet pills when I was 14 and slim fast and I did this lettuce sandwich like just all the no 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 none of the nice things um none of the things I should have been doing and I suddenly stopped caring about any of that and just started focusing on being healthy and eating real foods and I was checking food labels because we were doing like research to see what was what what should cancer patients be eating and what was going to be healthier for her to fight the chemo and all this kind of thing um and it opened my eyes to lots of bits and pieces. Took me down quite a few wrong paths as well, but at least I was actually looking. I was actually paying attention a lot more and I was very much focusing on being healthy and I was much more willing to say no to things. I had a massive turning point in how much I would say no to. I stopped doing a lot of things that I really didn't enjoy. I didn't necessarily hate them, but they didn't bring me enough joy to be costing me time because I had this the business was the minor crisis I was trying to get up and running and everything but I actively taken that crisis on but anything else that I was doing was taking me away from doing stuff with mum and I didn't want that and she didn't live very close as well so it was a long travel times back and forward and um, it was about four hours each way and I would do I'd drive up one day stay overnight and then drive back the next day and um, I don't think I ever did a day trip that's too much eight hours driving on your own is too much um, especially my little Peugeot that I had at the time <laughs> it was had a lot of miles on its clock. It's still going that car, but yeah, when I let go of it, it had like 250,000 miles on and I think most of it was going back up and down New Forest to Cornwall. But I didn't want to sacrifice any of the time that I could be either with her or making sure that I was like, okay, that I was enjoying, my, that I was happy so that when I saw her, I was happy. Um, and I was in a stronger position to be dealing with what was going on. 
And there were a lot, I think that was when I also, st- I started decluttering without even realizing it. I decluttering friends, decluttering things I didn't want to do, decluttering clothes and things. And I'm not going to lie, it was like a whole massive yo-yo journey. And I will do a separate episode about that because it definitely hasn't been, it was a steep learning curve, but it wasn't even curve shape. It was like some sort of jagged mountain ridge going up and down. There was no gentle curve. There was no even like, there was no steep, smooth curve. It was jagged and up and down. Um, And I made lots of mistakes along the way and got influenced into doing the, like going in the wrong direction quite a few times, but they were at least all moving me forward. They were all moving me away from what I had been and moving me towards where I had been as opposed to before where I'd been very stuck, very, very stuck and very miserable. And I don't think until you stop being miserable, I don't think you can realize how miserable you were. You don't necessarily, you don't like think you're happy. Like I knew I wasn't great, but I didn't realize how miserable I was until I got closer to the other side or onto the other side of a place of happiness, um, which is where I live now. And that doesn't mean that hard things don't happen and tricky things don't happen, but I genuinely, generally, not genuinely, genuinely and generally live in a place of happiness now. Um, But this was the 18th of March. It's why this has become a significant date for me. It's also my mom's birthday. So it's, it was already a significant date for that. But it, for me, it was the date that, that everything changed within my life from so many reasons. Like it all stems back to that moment and that turning point. I don't think I'd be doing what I'm doing for work now. I don't think I would look or act or have anything like how it is now. I don't think I'd have my partner now. I don't think I'd have my daughter now. Like nothing, it all for me stems back to like that moment. Um, there were lots of things that happened before then that I think could have still ended up where we are now, but that point needed to happen. As sucky as it was, it needed to happen. And I, I don't like discrediting trauma with this sentence. So this doesn't apply to everyone, but this applies to me is that I believe that in my life, everything happens for a reason and that every chapter in my life plays out in the order it's meant to. I I used to say for everyone, but I also understand that that can be quite triggering for some people that are particularly in the depths of processing trauma and things like that. And trust me, there's been some horrid things that have happened. And this is not one of the most horrid, um, but it it's not the most horrid, but it's definitely up there. Um, with the journey of mum's cancer and then her passing away. But it's it's definitely led on to some beautiful things. And those are the moments that I have to like cling on to and focus on to. Um, my mum and I had a very complicated relationship. Again, a lot of that realisation is hindsight to realize that we have a complicated relationship, which makes it very tricky because I can't talk things through with her now either. Just <laughs> quite irritating. But I, I can process what I can process now. And it's definitely made the grief process interesting <laughs> to say the least. And brought up a lot of additional emotions along the grief journey. But even in like the deepest moments of grief, I can find light in the positive things that have happened that have come out 
of that and that experience and that opportunity to grow. That said, I do not want everyone to feel like they have to find that light in their experience. You can just just seek help and get help through it. And I have I've worked with therapists, I've worked with coaches, and they've all played a part in in shifting this mindset. But a lot of the work I have done on my own, but not all of it. I don't I needed some lampposts and things along the way. I haven't had one consistent therapist or one consistent coach that I've worked with for the whole journey. They've helped with different elements of it. Um hypnotherapist worked with for a bit as well. Um so there's lots of people that have played a part, but in the end you're the only person that can like steer that cart. Um steer the car. I don't know why I'm thinking horse and cart. Obviously I'm in some sort of Wild West movie in my head. Um you are the one that's in charge. Yeah, well, you're at the reins. <laughs> Let's stick with the horse and cart analogy. You are the one steering that horse and cart. You are the one that can slow it down and speed it up and turn it left and turn it right or just halt it and stay stuck. It's completely up to you. Having those lampposts, having that map and the compass and those people along the way that represent those things to you can be very, very helpful. And it's really helped me steer in the right direction to have those people there but I have still been the one doing the driving ever since and um, the 18th March uh, 2013 so this is actually why I set the stretch goal date to launch a membership as the 18th of March and um, it's a day that's normally a day of sadness and I wanted to mark it with something have something fun and celebratory happening on it but I didn't know coming closer to it how I would feel about it becoming the date that I launched this from. But then I decided that actually I really I really wanted to make it into something positive and push myself to use that that date and that benchmark and things. And so far I found that quite powerful. I mean I only decided this last Thursday that I was definitely going for that date. Like it, it, I've been calling it my stretch goal date, but I wasn't optimistic. And now I'm like no no we're just committing and going for it. And hopefully it'll become this beautiful lovely experience <laughs> we'll see we'll see we'll see um but i refer to like the 18th of march or like the day that everything changed and this is what i mean this story this is what i mean when the day that everything changed was the day that my mom told me she was sick and everything grew from there that was the seed being planted um, and there has been watering and there has been sunshine and there has been soil and fertilizer and everything flourished from there. Yeah, the fertilizer actually is a very good analogy because fertilizer is poop and there was certainly a lot of poop that had to happen um, along the way too. Um, but there is just a beautiful blossoming of an amazing existence that hasn't been smooth sailing by any means, but is so much better than what it ever was and knows the potential of what it can be moving forward. If this episode has inspired you to take hold of your life and start building a foundation of happiness, then I think the membership would be perfect for you. We cover so much in there from decluttering and organizing to time management, goal setting, setting up your core values, life goal affirmations, as well as surrounding you with an incredible supportive community. 
at the time of release, you can take advantage of a special discounted rate and get your first three months for £27. That's £27 total, not per month. Um, it's a block payment that covers the first three months. And then that will also open the door for you to get the discounted rate when the rolling memberships roll out, which will be just £9 a month instead of the full price of £12 a month. Hop on over to the website www.thelifestylecoachuk.com forward slash club and you can get your membership all set up there. You do not need to wait till the 18th of March to get it set up, but the doors open on the 18th so you can have everything ready to go and your three months will kick off from the 18th. I hope to see you there. Ta-ta for now. If you want to be happy, it's going to have to be a lifestyle switch. And if you want to be happy, you're going to have to do the work in deep. Quick fixes become better diets to take back your time and live your life for you. Because if you want to be happy, it's going to have to be a lifestyle switch.